This is Cruise Radio. This podcast is brought to you by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get your next quote at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Sea. Something interesting about Enchantment is they put it in dry dock in 2005, I believe, and they cut the ship in half, added a 73-foot midsection of the ship, and then welded it back together. So the ship's actually 73 feet longer than when she was first launched. So we'll get that review coming up a little later on in the show. Also, Sherry Kennedy stopping by with Cruise News. And do not forget our Cruise Radio News Facebook group. Come in there and kick around the cruise conversation. Just search Cruise Radio News on Facebook. Before I forget, earlier this week, I was on Tommy Casabona's Always Be Booked podcast, and we were talking about our favorite cruise ships, destinations, some stories from the road. If you want to hear an unscripted cruise conversation, I'll put the link in the show notes wherever you're listening to this. And a big thank you to Tommy for having me on, too. All right. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. I hate to kick things off in a morbid mode here, but uh, some sad news uh, from a princess ship in Alaska last week. And talking about morbid... A husband killed his wife on an Alaska cruise. Uh, in fact, it was the Emerald Princess, and the backstory on it is a Utah man allegedly killed his wife on the cruise ship while they were in Alaska. And according to the FBI, he told a witness he did it because his wife wouldn't stop laughing at him. And it gets worse. A witness in the stateroom next door saw the same man drag his wife's body toward the balcony of the ship, and apparently she leaned over and, and looked at him and when he caught her looking at him, he dragged the poor woman back into the stateroom, and uh, apparently she suffered severe head injuries, and the husband was all covered in blood. It was just really horrible, um, and, you know, he's whining that his life is over now, according to what the FBI is saying, and Princess Cruises is saying the death was a result of a domestic dispute, end yeah. quote, aboard the ship. And, uh, you know, they had to bring the ship to uh, Juneau, you know, to, to get everything taken care of. And then uh, later that day, the Emerald Princess departed for Skagway and continued on with its cruise. Ugh, so sad and scary. It is. It's horrible. Our thoughts and prayers definitely to the family of all involved. Uh, switching gears here is something a little more positive. Carnival Cruise Line delivered some good news to Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, finally some good news is coming out. And uh, the cruisers who love to sail out of Mobile, Alabama, will be extremely happy because the mayor just announced that he's inked a deal to help keep Carnival Fantasy at Mobile. Uh, for next, next season, the Carnival Fantasy started sailing from Mobile last year on four- and five-night cruises to Mexico, and they're... Um, their contract was running out, so Mayor Stimson of Mobile flew to Miami, went to the Carnival offices, and convinced them to continue sailing the Carnival Fantasy out of Mobile. And it's not quite a done deal, from what I understand, but uh, now the mayor has to present this proposed agreement to the city council. I'm sure the city council will pass it with flying colors. A new report out shows that norovirus is down on cruise ships. It is, and apparently, according to the report, in the last 12 months, only four ships have had outbreaks of norovirus, uh, and that was those were the only ones that required reporting. And the ships uh, involved were P&O's Adonis, Princess's Coral Princess, Oceana's Regatta, and Holland America's Osterdam. 
And the way it goes is, uh, if, if, if X amount of people have to be sick, first of all, and I forget the exact number. Maybe you know that. I think it's four percent. Okay, four. I was going to say four hundred, but four percent is is good too. And that at that point, the the cruise ship is required to report the outbreak to the CDC. And you know what happens then? It's in the headlines. Have you ever had norovirus? Knock on wood, I haven't, but I know someone that has. Yeah, me, right? <laughs> yeah, you. You do not want to get norovirus. They lock you in their room, they deactivate your key card, and they bring you food in a hazmat suit. I felt like I was watching E.T., watching these people to bring me food into my room, because you have these big guys like, but yeah, kind of... uh, They sound like Darth Vader, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we, I think it's four percent of the ship, Sherry. I'm not actually sure on that. I'll have to look after we uh, after we record here. Let's see. Moving on here, Norwegian Cruise Line is testing a surcharge on yet another restaurant. But the good news is, it's only one restaurant on one ship. So far, it's only one restaurant on one ship, and the story goes on this one that just this summer, Norwegian Cruise Line is testing a flat fee surcharge at Margaritaville, but it's only on the Norwegian Breakaway. It's a $14.99 per person charge, and it will replace Margaritaville's a la carte pricing, at least temporarily, until the cruise line can figure out if people like it or hate it. The charge will cover three courses, which would give you an appetizer, entree, and dessert. But because it's only a test, guests can have a little flexibility, and they can order two appetizers and an entree. Hmm. <laughs> and then uh, the menu prices on Norwegian Escape and Norwegian Getaway, the other two ships that have a Margaritaville, they're going to stay in the a la carte mode for right now and see how things work out with the surcharge. See, I don't think I'd like this because if I went to Margaritaville, I'd only be going there for a margarita, not a, a greasy burger. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go over. And again, since it is a test, maybe uh, they'll decide to keep it back to a la carte. That would be good because, it, like you said, you know, it's fun to get a the signature margarita and a snack mm-hmm. not a whole ordeal but maybe i think it's you know probably a financial uh situation where you know if you just get one little uh, 7.99 appetizer it's not the same as the 14.99 and it adds up yes it does and speaking of norwegian uh bookings now open on norwegian sun to cuba ship's going to be back here at port canaveral near me starting in may of next year uh, first, the ship's going to go through a two-and-a-half-week dry dock and get all sorts of refurbishments and enhancements. And then beginning May 7th, the uh, Norwegian Sun's going to depart every Monday and stop in Key West en route to Havana. We'll have a review yeah. of Norwegian Sun um, on next week's show. So it's been a little while since we have did a review on Norwegian Sun. I, I, I do like that. Remember, Sherry, you and I were on that ship like seven years ago when it made its inaugural call in Port Canaveral. Do you remember that day? How I do, and is that? I didn't know it was that long ago because yeah. I remember it was probably two thousand. Well, 10. yeah, two thousand ten, and then I think uh, two thousand twelve. I left Port Canaveral on the Sun for Europe, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. You know, it, it you got to you know because I don't fly and all that. I think about the people that live in Miami or yeah. Fort Lauderdale, and they just you know ten minutes are on a ship, and you know a week and a half later they're in Europe. But uh, they have something out of Port Canaveral doing transatlantics. It's awesome. Yeah, totally. Well, we have a listener question here, Sherry. And as always, if you have a listener question, you could submit them by shooting me an email, Doug at cruiseradio.net. That's D-O-U-G at cruiseradio.net. Sherry, you know why I spell my name out? Because people spell my name D-U-G or they spell it like Doe, D-O-U-G-H. So <laughs> I was just, while you were doing that, I was thinking, 
Why is he spelling his name? <laughs> exactly. That, that's why. So this question comes from Charles. He says, do you know when dining reservations show up on Carnival? I went on and submitted a request for the steakhouse and chef's table, but I haven't heard anything back yet. Any ideas? Well, from what I understand, an email reservation confirmation will be sent to you, Charles, within 48 hours of your online request, and there's a good chance you've already received it by the time you hear this on the air. But um, you can always call or have your travel agent call Carnival and see what's happened to it. If there might have been um, a hiccup in your uh, return email address, perhaps you didn't receive it. But generally, it's 48 hours of making your online request. And for the people who don't know, Sherry, um, yeah, you can actually pre-book the chef's table and steakhouse by, what is it, going to your cruise manager on Carnival.com? Yep, you go to My Cruise Manager, and then uh, it'll have the options for setting up your dining. Um, you can request a date and time. It's done on a first-come, first-served basis, so you want to do it as soon as you can. If your requested time isn't available, then they will assign you another time slot, and you have the option, if you don't like what they've done, um, you can cancel or change your reservation and just reply to the email confirmation that you received. I made a bonehead mistake. I'm doing Carnival Elation next April, so I went to do some to pre-book my dining. And so I went to do the chef's table, and then I went to do the steakhouse, but it wasn't there. And do you know why the steakhouse wasn't there for Carnival Elation? Um, probably because there isn't a steakhouse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is no steakhouse on Carnival Elation. I'm like, where the heck is it? So, yeah. Uh, slacking on my part on this uh, on this side of the microphone. We've been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. You can find her there. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. Marty had just returned from a three-day cruise to the Bahamas aboard Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Seas, and she joins us on the line. Hi there. Hi, Doug. How are you? Great. Uh, looking forward to hearing all about Enchantment, because it's been a, a little while since we did an interview on this ship and a review of it, so uh, looking forward to that. Of course, this ship used to be in Port Canaveral. Now it's doing Bahamas sailings out of Miami down there, I believe, three and four nights. So before we get to the ship, let's take a step back and uh, give me some of your pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this three-night Bahamas cruise? 
Well, it was a, a trip with some friends who are also veteran cruisers, and we were actually looking at various itineraries from various different cruise lines, and they're loyal to Royal Caribbean, so we kind of got <laughs> dragged into going on Royal, okay. and so um, that was how we decided on going on the Enchantment of the Seas, because they were interested, and I was like, okay, I'll just give in, because I was looking to go on another ship that I had been on, which I thought might be a little bit more fun, but it turned out that this ship actually was really great. Cool. So now, uh, where are you from? I am from Virginia area outside of Washington, D.C. Okay, so you made your way down to Miami. Did you get, get in earlier, or did you uh, fly down day of? Yeah, we came in a day, actually a day and a half early. So we came down um, Wednesday night and uh, hung out in Miami. And then the next day we did a full beach day and just kind of relaxed until it was time to embark on Friday. So you embarked on Friday. How was the embarkation process for you? It went really smooth. Um, I did the like online check-in, you know, so kind of not have all that headache when I got to the um, port to, you know, check in everything. My friends actually I guess a good tip is to make sure, like, you have all of your documents ready to go. So, like, once we gave our luggage to the porters and we're walking in to, you know, go through security, they was like, oh, we don't have our CPAS papers. So they had to go all the way back uh. to the porter to get the paperwork from their luggage. And just so happened it was still there. So you have to make sure you have everything, you know, squared away and ready to go. So that kind of takes away the time. But once they got that, they actually made it through check-in before we did because they are a little bit higher in the, like, the loyalty program. So it didn't take them as long as it took us to get on the ship. So it was about probably 30 minutes from the time we got on security to the time we got on the ship. Okay. So, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, not at all. So you make your way on board Enchantment. What were your first impressions of her? It's an older ship, so you could tell from the outside that it had a little bit wear and tear, um, a little rust. But once you, you got in, you know, all the public areas were real well-maintained. You walk in on the centrium um, level, which is where um, they have a bar kind of just ready for you to go and all the entertainment kind of like in the middle area where they normally have like a singer and a player. So then you have the elevators that go up, and then it was just it was just a nice ship. It was small um, as compared to other cruises I have been on, um, and probably, I guess, similar to a, another ship on another line that's about the same size. Mm-hmm. But it was very nice and very well kept. Cool. Uh, what kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? We had a large interior stateroom, and the layout was a little bit awkward. So um, we were on midship deck seven, and um, when you walk into the door, normally the bed is, like, right in front of you when you walk in. In this case, it was kind of to the left of you. So, like, when you walk into the room, in front of you was kind of like a chair and a small table, and then you had the TV kind of mounted um, on the under, the, like, a cabinet or so forth. And then to the right of that was the bathroom and then also a very small closet. So the layout was kind of weird, which made it hard for kind of, like, Moving maneuvering around with two mm-hmm. people and like the storage kind of issue because you're trying to figure out where I'm going to put my suitcase and the closet's back here. And then, not that I use the phone, <laughs> but right. the phone was all the way across the room. And so, like, if my friends had called, you know, to say, hey, we're about to go downstairs, like, we would literally have to get up from where we were to go across the room to get to the phone. So it was kind of awkwardly laid. And then the mattress was very hard. They used to have where you can request like an egg crate. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But the room steward said that they don't give those out anymore. So she kind of helped us out and gave us like some extra padding in the the mattress with some more comforters and things like that. But it was okay. It wasn't one of the best rooms I've been in, but it was nice. Okay. So uh, the dining, let's talk about the dining on board Enchantment. How was that for you? 
Dining was great. We dined mostly the dinner time, all three nights in the main dining room. Um, when we first got on, we did go to the Windjammer, and the Windjammer was pretty small and compact, and we had like a quick bite to eat on the um, embarkation day. And then the other times, like I said, we were in the main dining room. They did have a chops grill on board, and then like the solarium had a small cafe in the back where they served like pizza and mm-hmm. sandwiches like during the day and like that was kind of like the late night spot if you wanted to get something that was very good in the dining room very great service and they did have one formal night I was trying to determine that before I had got on the ship if they were going to have a formal night so they did have one formal night on the second night of the cruise so I guess that was maybe the Saturday but of course a lot of people didn't know or a few people did and you know there was some dressed up and some not Um, But it was great. The service was great. The food was great. Like we didn't have any issues or concerns and it was a very nice time. What was your favorite meal you had on your cruise? I had lamb shank. Mm. It was very, very (laughs) good. Like it was so, I mean, like I think me, my husband and my um, girlfriend's husband, they, we all three had it that same night and we all just like cleaned it right off the bone. It was very, (laughs) very good. And that same night they had a coffee chocolate um dessert which we all also got to and that was very good too so the awesome um, dinner <laughs> did you do any room service while you were there i tried to one day and then um i forgot all about it but they do charge for um like the breakfast room service like 795 mm-hmm. but continental is is um free but i'm not sure about like if i we ordered any other time if they had any type of charge or something of that nature gotcha what did you think about the entertainment on this three-night sailing Entertainment was good. Um, we did go to the comedy show. Um, it was a late night comedy show, and I, and I think that was the. It was only one time where they had a comedian, and she was she was okay. It, yeah, she was okay. And then the other times we went to a couple of the game shows. We did the like love and marriage show. Me and my husband actually tried to um, be a participant, so we had a little audition in the midst of trying to get on that show. And then um, did the quest game, and then they had a oh they had a great seventies party on the first night, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had played all the seventies music, and they had a rendition with the um, the village people. Okay, yes, yeah, the village people. Yeah, <laughs> so they were all kind of dressed up like that, and they just had you know glow rings and you know just different. Entertainment was, I think it was very well set up for the three days where they had something for everybody, whether you wanted to go to um, a show in the theater, which we kind of caught one one time, and then, you know, entertainment at the pool deck, like during the day, like a belly flop contest, I think, and they had some other type of things going on. But then there was, you know, music throughout the ship, you know, in the evening time, and then um, the various kind of venues where they had a party. They even had like kind of like a semi, I guess they called it white party on, mm-hmm. I think, after Coco K's day for on the top of the pool deck and they were doing all kinds of dances, Zumba and it was really wild, but it was really fun. So we had a good time. I, I got to ask, did the quest game get crazy at all? <laughs> yeah, it got a little crazy. <laughs> My, I was on a team. So yeah, it, some of the things that people were doing was just outrageous, especially when they got to the like misenchantment of the seas and they had like the various guys of, you know, one guy from the team dress up, you know, as a uh, a female and they're parade around and different things and they ask them questions what they did. And some of the answers was like, <laughs> very crazy. 
So it was very fun, but it was it was great. It was a great experience, a great time. We played the Quest game. We did a Bachelor cruise on there probably about eight years ago now. And there's a picture of me doing that very same thing that I wish there wasn't a picture of me doing. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, cool. <laughs> hopefully they're locked away and we'll never see the light of day until I probably run for president or something and then we get leaked out. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, but it was a fun game for sure. Um, so you went to Bahamas, but uh, you actually had, what, one sea day on the sailing, or does that go to Bahamas and the private island? Yeah, Bahamas and the private island, okay. which I had never been to Coco Cay before. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been to Labadee on Oasis two years ago. So going to Coco Cay, I was excited about that. And that, that island, it was just awesome. We rented a like a beach lounger, not mm-hmm. the one like that has the bed and the um, like the service. It was just kind of like a like a kind of umbrella big thing with two chairs, and they gave you a table close to the floating um, bar out there in the water. So it was so nice. The water was clear, and you can basically wade almost, I guess, really pretty far out up to your waist. And then um, just have that, you know, relaxing beach day and, you know, kind of do what you want to do. And, like, literally the the floating bar, that was, like, a, a great Like <laughs> We can walk to it in this less than two minutes, sit out, have a drink, and look at the water, and then kind of go back and lounge and just have a good time. But it was very nice. And they actually have a tram where you can catch from when you get off the ship over to that way. I guess they call it the south side of the beach mm-hmm. instead of walking over there. So, you know, if people didn't feel like they wanted to walk, they can just wait for the tram and they'll take you back and forth, especially like if you wanted to go back. Well, excuse me, you had to go back to the other side for the barbecue. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty straightforward and easy. But it was very, very nice. That was probably in the best port that I've, private island that I've been to. You have to tender back and forth to that island, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and that was a pretty easy process. Like, literally, we went downstairs, and, you know, within two to three minutes, we were on the tender boat and just rode right over. Your other port was Nassau. Did you do anything noteworthy there? We have been there several times, and we like to go to the fish fry um, because me and my husband, we like red snapper. So Mm -hmm. we normally um, try to do that. So we end up going to one of the restaurants we like called um, Old Andrews. It's right next to Twin Brothers. If, you know, people try to go over to the fish fry and check out a place and get Red Snapper because they give you, like if you order a dinner size, they give you two snappers and then like rice and peas and macaroni and cheese. It was, it's huge, but it's a very like local spot. So you'll see a lot of locals coming in. And then we just walked around on the beach and kind of did the normal, you know, look around the straw market and different things of that nature. So nothing, nothing major. It was very nice. Yeah, definitely. Going back to um, the private island, Coco, did you have a drink package on this cruise, like an all-you-can-drink package? We did have the drink package, and I would suggest that you get that ahead of time because they were running like a special, I think, 20% off Mm -hmm. when we bought it online, you know, pre-cruise, because when you got on the the cruise ship, it was actually higher um, for the price. So yeah, we had the drink package, and it worked out great. So you can use that on Coco K with the drinks and things that you wanted to order. See, that's nice because on carnivals, you can't use that. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so on oh, carnival, wow. yeah, Half Moon, you cannot use the drink package there, which hopefully they'll change that one day. But Yeah, that would be, that's kind of sad because, you know, you have to pay more, so you might as well stay on the ship if you right. want to drink. And, and the drinks come from the ship anyways, right? I mean, they're, they're taking <laughs> right. the provisions off the boat and taking them to the island, so who knows? But um, yeah, maybe right. one day we'll change that. Well, you make your way back to Port Miami. How was disembarkation for you? Disembarkation was very early from what I'm used to. So they wanted everybody per like the, you know, compass thing off of the ship by like 830. 
So they had like, you know, if you want to eat breakfast in the Windjammer or go to the main dining room. I think you, I think the last breakfast time was like about 8.30. And then um, we normally do self-assist, but we decided to go ahead and have them uh, pick up our bags the night before, which was pretty seamless. And by the time we were leaving our stateroom, they were already calling our number to come get our bags. So we just kind of uh, went down and got our bags pretty quickly. They didn't have any customs forms, which I was surprised that we went to Nassau that we would still fill out a customs form, but we didn't have one to fill out. So basically we got off, got our bags on the little turnstiles, walked through to the uh, Port Authority to check our passports, and we were on the curb. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I learned uh, when I sailed out of Miami in May that unless you declare over $800, you don't need a, Uh um, a customs form anymore out of Miami. Oh, okay. So that's something new because last yeah. time I cruised out of Miami was in December, and I think I still had to fill one out at that time. So that's a that's a different change. So okay. Yeah, change, oh, changing cool. things up a little bit. It probably makes things easier too because I'm I'm an, I'm a disaster anyways getting off the ship with my passport, my customs <laughs> form, my bags, my backpack. So just uh, one less thing to worry about there. Well, uh, looking over this right. cruise, uh, do you have any first time tips to offer anyone sailing Enchantment? You know, first time, oh, I, I forgot to mention one thing. So mm-hmm. I did have, like, some issues, like, with the food as far as, like, um, stomach concerns. So, like, if you don't necessarily think, like, you may get sick or something may happen, I would suggest, like, bring whatever medicines that you are going to use because I had to have some because I was like, oh, what is going on here? Like, I'm having some issues. And if I didn't have anything, you know, going to the, the cruise ship store, things are very expensive. Yeah. So pack the essential things that you kind of need that you would normally have at home so you don't run into any issues. Um, I would also say get the drink package because it does make your experience a lot, you know, better if you decide that you're going to drink so you're not having to worry about, you know, how much this drink costs. And, it, you know, mm-hmm. if you budget and, you know, do what you would like to do, that kind of helps with the planning process with that. And it's great for first-time cruisers and then, you know, kind of short getaways. It was, it was just a very nice ship. Fun. Well, in closing here, what are your final thoughts of Enchantment of the Seas? I enjoyed it, even though I had some reservations, but I really enjoyed it. It was a nice ship for the three-day weekend. Not a lot of, you know, seemed like it was crowded or anything of that nature. Food was great. It was just a great ship overall. So, you know, if you're looking to get away for a few days or just like I said, first-time cruisers, it would be a great ship for you to, to get on and enjoy. I'm just curious because it sounds like you, you've cruised quite a bit and uh, you said your friends wanted you to go on Royal because they were loyal to Royal. What cruise line do you normally sail? Norwegian okay. is my, my normal. Okay, <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Fair enough. Nice. So we, we've been talking mm-hmm. to Madia. She just got back from that three-night Bahamas sailing on Enchantment of the Seas. Thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your review. Thanks, Doug, so much. I look forward to talking to you soon. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. 
Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.